Welcome back from the brink. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of March, 2021. This is episode 208 of Back from the Brink. Uh, we weren't on the air yesterday. We needed a day off, so we apologize if you missed us and hope that you're back today and enjoying the conversation. Um, today we had some conversations about cancel culture, and, uh, and I almost don't like using that that little uh, trite sort of sounding term for what happens because it it's essentially intolerance of opposing views and you know it doesn't roll off the tongue as quickly as cancel culture but cancel culture also just rolls off the t- the tongue so quickly and smoothly that I don't p- think people really process always what it means you know and so you hear cancel culture and you go eh, okay and move on and you don't think about the fact that it is it is the uh, the blocking, the shutting down, the 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 firing of people who who say things you don't like to hear, and you know, and and my question is, where do you draw the line? So um, we're going to talk about a few different things, um, and I'm going to try to engage Erin when she joins us about where do you draw the line? Well, you know, it's just words, you know. We tend to have a, uh, we, you know, we have talked, she and I have talked about, like in the case of Gina Carano, who got fired for some, some, some tweets that, that people found, for whatever reason, offensive. I didn't, but, you know, you can find it offensive, um, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with Ms. Carano, um, but I didn't think that what she said was out of line with what is typically said in public by public figures and and using something as a comparison to the Holocaust is not way out of line. She didn't make any denigrating remarks about anybody other than to say that her situation in Hollywood was similar to that of the Holocaust. Now, she has said some other things that were edgy and fine. You can take it in at some. But, you know, it, it, it's more mild than what you would hear a typical comedian say who's an edgy comedian standing on on the stage and we've already seen you know um some comedians be uh treated the same way um uh because of, of things they said on stage and, and it's on a youtube video somewhere you know and it may have been something they said 10 years ago um uh but somehow that doesn't matter it's like we and we got to put things in context you know in context was it okay or not so um uh, to that end, there have been seven books that were published uh, by Dr. Seuss from the 30s. Now, remind you that his very first book was published back in the 30s, and uh, and there were others that were more recent. But his first book was, and to think I saw that on Mulberry Street. It was published in 1937 originally, I think. And it's it's no longer being published by its publisher because apparently there are and I, I don't have a copy of the book and I haven't I mean, I may, if I read the book, it was years ago. So I, I don't uh, you know, we may have had a copy that we read for our kids. And I kind of wish I had a copy now since it's going to go out of print. It'll probably worth, be worth a bunch. So on that note, I went and looked on Amazon and guess what? You can get a hardcover copy for sixteen hundred dollars. There's one available. So if you want to collect it, now's the time, I guess. Or maybe you're too late. You should have collected it already. If you have a copy, hang on to it. Or, or uh, I wonder what it is on eBay. I'll uh, see if I can maybe find the eBay price for and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. And 
you know, this isn't even like a, a first printing or anything or, you know, a first edition. Like I saw one that was a first edition 16th printing that they were selling and it was, uh, you know, similarly priced. So it's it's not like it's, uh, um, you know, some special like signed copy or anything. So I, apparently somebody had the same idea. These are going, OK, see, I can find it. Uh, there's a copy of it um, on eBay for, uh, currently at one hundred and twenty five dollars with a bu- uh, buy now. There's also um, uh, a nineteen thirty seven book club edition that's forty four hundred dollars you know that's a a published the year he pu- first year he published it that's a first year publishing 44 that one i okay i can see why it's more expensive um so it says forty four hundred dollars or best offer so we'll see how that uh, ends up going um let's see a 1964 book club edition is is uh 474 dollars and you know there's a few others on here. Oh, here's one for all of $75. Somebody obviously, it's a 1964 book club edition. Clearly they, uh, it's, oh, here's somebody who's got one that's a one bid at a dollar. Um, six days left. We'll see how much that one kicks up. Uh, here's kind of a ratty looking one for 103 bucks. So anyway, it's not going to be published anymore because apparently there were some, some scenes in there and apparently, uh, Ted Giesel, who was Dr. Seuss had done several things that, uh, uh, or published in seven different books, uh, issues where he treated people of of uh, different ethnicities in ways that were um, uh, either inappropriate or, or or considered bad. I guess um, one of them in, in in particular, I guess there were three uh, people who looked to be of Asian descent carrying somebody who appeared to be white and. The guy who was white was carrying a gun, which I don't know that I don't know. I, again, I, I don't know the picture, so it's hard for me to understand what what it is that was there because I don't have that picture in front of me and I don't have the book. Uh, but uh, so somehow he was the overseer or something over these Asian guys. I, I don't I'm not sure what the, the issue was, um, you know, and, and yeah, they're probably culturally inappropriate. They I, they they were written in 1937 when people were were much less sensitive to some of this stuff. And, you know, my feeling is, is, um, you know, publishers have the right to publish what they want. It's their business. Um, if the book's not selling, then they certainly shouldn't be printing them. If the book continues to sell, then I have no problem with them printing them and selling them. And if people don't want the book, then don't buy the book. It's, it's that simple. Um, you know, it, by its very existence, because it said something that was offensive to somebody does not in and, in and of itself mean that they should stop selling it because of that kind of thing. You know, it should be a business decision based on, on what they're making or not making, you know? Um, it was funny because when this was first brought up, we were talking to somebody who was, uh, dealing with young kids about, um, uh, reading. And she said that they need to be able to process and see what's going on. And so I doodled this very quickly about uh, 10 minutes ago. Process and see, or what can it be? The standard of the day means what you can say. Words that you use may be no excuse. Cause your brain, because your brain is just bad, and it makes me so sad. To cancel your thought is not what we taught. Let's talk about change. We might rearrange the way we approach these things that we broach. Here's to you, Ted, Ted Giesel, uh, in my very, very poor, limited imitation thereof. Um, uh, that that would that's my my imagination as to how he might respond. Here's Aaron. Uh, I might have to say it again so she can hear. <laughs> Hi there. Hi. 
So I started talking and sort of led in with the idea that when you joined us, maybe we would explore where you draw the line, you know, in, in like we were talking about with Gina Carano situation that people need to be more of the sticks and stones uh, attitude, you know. And then um, I found a story about uh, Dr. Seuss and how they've dropped some of his books because he has some culturally insan- insensitive um, uh scenes or portions of his books and I, and to be honest i mean like his very first book the one he ever wrote uh and, and to think that i saw it on mulberry street was published in 1937 originally um and apparently there was a scene of three asian characters carrying a white guy with a gun like he was on a hunting party or something i don't know the specifics because i don't have the book in front of me but that's how it was described and that that was somehow showing the the dominance of the white person over the asians that were carrying them and so because of that, they're not going to publish the book anymore. I, I am not, I am, um, I don't like banning books. Yeah. So, you know, Disney made the decision, for example, that they don't want to, they're not going to show the song of the South anymore. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I understand, I understand that, um, that, you know, and certainly that is their decision to make, um, just like it's the publisher's decision, whether or not to publish, um, Dr. Seuss's, uh, book. Right. And by our standards, they are they are racist. They weren't back in the day, yeah. but they are now, and I get that. But yeah. I I think creative people should be allowed to create. And, right. You know, these things are all part of history, right? It's all part of yeah. what was the norm at a time. And I don't like was, erasing history. It was funny because the first thing I did when I when I read that is I went and looked for that on Amazon. And the only copy that's available is a collector's hard copy, hard cover copy, for sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, the price of the, all of those just went up. Yeah, and I went on eBay, and they range yeah. from uh, you know no, like seventy five dollars up to four thousand dollars. But the four thousand dollar one was yeah. a nineteen thirty seven edition. Those, I mean, it was the first year. None of none of these titles are titles that that most of us have heard of. I mean, it's not. Um, you know, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Yeah, it's not know. Horton Here's a Hugh who, who or or uh, right. You or know. So they weren't some of his. Ham. Right. Yeah, these are some of his other titles, and uh, you know, my feeling. You, you know, you echoed almost exactly what I had said prior to you coming on, which was, uh, you know, it's the, the publishers. It's it's their business to to publish or not publish what they want. Um, I would hope that they wouldn't be doing this under a sense of pressure, but would rather just say, Hey, are these books selling or not selling? And if they're not selling very much and, uh, you know, and, and they're getting enough complaints, then it's like, fine, just, we won't publish those anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's not like he didn't have a whole bunch of books that they can publish. You know, there's plenty in his catalog to, to publish otherwise. Um, when we were yesterday, yesterday was read across America day, which is, you know, how we celebrate Dr. Seuss's birthday. And, and yeah. I, I just don't like that this ugly story came out on that day. You know, I, right. I well, that's why they came out on that day because very I noticeably, know, President Biden did like not that. mention Dr. Seuss. President Biden avoided mentioning Dr. Seuss, which both of his predecessors had done, um, because it was sort of you know centered around oh, Dr. Seuss geez. as a youth author, right? I just yes, and I, yeah. and I and hate that's, that we have to taint every leader or every icon or every person that people admire. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. 
Well, and because somebody said something back in 1937 or published something in 1937 that isn't appropriate today, as if he was supposed to know someday in the future, this will be, you know, looked at differently than it is now. I would hope so, right. would be my answer. Um, I wrote something, you know, while we were talking to um, uh, Jennifer Carter at the end, she said something about the kids reading and they had to process and see. And I jotted this down real quick. And I just thought, uh, you know, I, if I were Dr. Seuss, how would I be responding? And this is a, a, a granted, written in, in moments five minutes ago. But it's my, this is Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss's revenge, right? Uh, so forgive the, 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 the lack of tact. Um, process and see, oh, what can it be? The standard of the day means what you can say. Words that you see, words that you use may be no excuse. Cause your brain, cause your brain is just bad and it makes me so sad. To cancel your thought is not what we taught. Let's talk about change. We might rearrange the way we approach these things that we broach. Oh, that was cute. I liked it. I like it. Put it on social media. I, I th- well, you know me. I don't do social media, but I you will send it, it to you. Me. You're welcome to post it. You're welcome to post it. Um, and I will credit you. Uh but it was, uh, you know, on, uh, yeah, on a day where we're talking about reading and, and, and particularly trying to get kids to read, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss still holds a place for me in that. You know, I was also thinking about what did I read? I read a lot of Hardy Boys and Tom Swift um, when I was sort of in that tween age, you know. And then I fairly quickly graduated to uh, much deeper science fiction and fantasy works. Um, but I always liked the sort of hard science fiction that was based on science, you know, and what could be with science. And so to me, that was, uh, you know, some, some, because I always liked thinking like, well, you know, at some point someday we will be able to do things like this. Whereas, you know, fantasy thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was that kind of stuff. (laughs) I didn't read that till I was older, but while I was Uh, in high school, I also read all the writings of Carlos Castaneda, which were, um, you know, they were pitched as anthropology, uh, anthropological books at one point in time. But then later on, they were sort of recategorized as, you know, science fiction, fantasy books, uh, depending on whose perspective you're looking at and how much mus- how many mushrooms you had had, I guess. Um, <laughs> I've never heard uh, of it. Oh, yeah. Just look up Carlos Castaneda sometimes and uh, uh, the uh, and, and Don Juan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, um, anyway, yeah, I'll let you look that up. But I, I wanted to go Don a little. F- no, he wrote, um, uh, that was one of his characters uh, in the in the book. Um, it was a title of one of the books. I'm trying to remember all of it here, so give me a second. All right, well, it's okay. It's okay. I can look yeah, it up. Yeah, Carlos Castaneda, uh, let's see. Uh, he passed away in 1998. He was America. His first book was The Teachings of Don Juan. And, and it, it was him uh, training with a shaman uh, who was a descendant from the Toltecs. He was a Yaqui um, uh, man of knowledge named Don Juan Matas. And, uh, and he lived down in, in the deep south of Mexico and, uh, and studied trying to learn their philosophy and their, their um, uh, you know, the, what, what the shaman knew. And, that's, and his first book was basically, like I said, published as a, a anthropological study. Um, but part of what he was studying was also their use of mind altering, um, uh, medicines in their, 
um, you know, their journeys and stuff. And so the subtitle was a Yaki way of knowledge uh, um, or a, a Yaki. Um, and then he the second book was a separate uh, reality. And, it, you know, it just there there. I think there was five or six, but there was a lot of use of uh, peyote and jimson weed and and uh, and shaman and shamanistic type of of things. And some of it got far afield, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but very interesting uh, to a, you know, uh, a late teen who was like becoming aware of things going on in the world. So uh, it was just it, I found it interesting reading. Um, Fun. So, yeah. My mom so. really liked Nancy Drew. Um, mm-hmm. She and I used to talk about that. I never really got into Nancy Drew, um, uh, but uh, my mom really liked Nancy Drew. I, when I was a teenager, I didn't, I didn't read as much as a teen, um, that I did, you know, that I started reading a lot later. Yeah, Uh I, I would, I would go through phases, but, uh, you know, I liked Tom Swift because they were sort of science fiction based and, and, and fantastical, you know, gadgets and things like that, technologies um hovercraft and things like that and so i liked the science fictiony sense of it and again the idea of you know things that would be coming later you know and uh and then i like the mysteries the hardy boys you know and i was always trying yeah. to figure out well you know who did it before they did that kind of thing you know because they would if the, you know when the when a mystery is well written there's hints dropped along the way so you 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 know plausibly could figure it out but if it's well written you don't figure it out or you you it's very difficult to figure out because if you know who did it right away you tend to lose interest right so it's right. there's a fine so line you have I to walk i read the, the wrinkle in time series and loved it when i was a kid mm-hmm. you know wrinkle in time swiftly tilting planet have you read those I have not read those um i watched the movie they made and the movie was pretty not great so um, I'm sure but the stories, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. Um, I know that the, um, the, uh, I mean, w- one of my sisters was never much of a reader and the other one read some, um, you know, I think Tobin and I were more, uh, are more readers for leisure than, than our sisters are. You know, they were more, um, if they read it, if they were doing a lot of reading, it was usually because they were studying, especially our youngest sister was a real study bug. So. Um, you know, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, she's no, got good grades. She got real. Why she's a she, physical therapist today? She, yeah, she she got real good grades. So uh, good for her. You know, the other um, story we talked about that I think ties into the same theme of how far is too far, or is it just words? Um, one that you had put in our uh, lineup was the story of um, Luke Simons or Simmons. He's the North Dakota State Representative. That yes. has been accused of harassing other representatives, specifically women, uh, and specifically one Emily O'Brien, who said that uh, she would actually like pretend to be on the phone or something when he came walking by, so she didn't have to engage with him, and that he uh, constantly was making or, or repeatedly making inappropriate comments about her clothes and personal life, uh, you know. And, and but then as you go through there, he's like, you know, he he. Um, uh, and, and she ended up relocating her desk on the floor to another location, ostensibly because she was pregnant and wanted to be closer to the bathroom. But the real reason was they just wouldn't deal with the fact that he was harassing her and she didn't want to have to sit next to him. Uh, uh, but, 
and and to you know right now the 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 senate the house senate or the state senate there is uh, has uh suggested that he resign threatening to censure and or expel him if he refuses to do so so we'll see how that all ends up playing out but one staffer has described his behavior as really creepy and uh that he had, he would had told a long story about shopping for thongs and and uh uh, he's denying this and saying the truth will come out that it's all unfounded. But uh-huh. well, so the yeah. question is, do we say, "Suck it up, Buttercup"? It's just words. He didn't hurt you. Well, I mean, he's but this is, that's he's the clearly the office lech. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I'm in my home. Yeah. And my alarm just went front yeah. door. But yeah, clearly I, he's I, the office lech. Um, right. You know, and it's. You don't have a right to to create a hostile work environment, and a hostile work mm-hmm. environment doesn't mean you have. I mean, if somebody is is leering at you or making sexual comments at you or that sort of thing, it can make it profoundly, profoundly uncomfortable at work. Not only because not not only the for the target of that kind of um, uh, that kind of lechery. Um, but for everybody around them, because it makes everyone uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm just saying, you know, we, we were telling other people to suck it up. So do we tell the people around him, hey, just, you know, tell him to cut it out. Tell him it's inappropriate. But tell everybody else, just suck it up. You know, because well, it's not like he hurt them. He just said things. He just, you know, she said he would walk. Uh, he would walk by and look her up and down. Well. Oh, he looked at her. What a creep. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. But I'm just saying. But, so he but, looked but at workplace, her. Workplace rules are different, Todd. We're, this you is, know, you have pretty eyelashes like my wife was one of the things that they said that he said. Okay. <laughs> and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm actually on your side. I'm just, just trying no, to point no, out. No, it's no, like, no, no, no. I mean, that's a gray area. But the... the, the right. Um, here's the thing. It can if he's he's clearly coming off as lecherous, not just right. um, oh my gosh, what a pretty dress you're wearing. Um, right. It's it's oh what a pretty dress you're wearing. Ugh. You know what I right. mean? Obviously, people around him find him lecherous. Um, right. And there are there are workplace rules. If you're in a workplace, that you're yeah. not allowed to to say or do. Right. Um, and I think that's the key, frankly. I mean, to 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 no longer be the devil's advocate here and to to join in. I think that that because he is saying this in a workplace to an individual as opposed to expressing an opinion or you know on a non-workplace site like if he were posting things online that somebody found possibly offensive that would be one thing it's another thing to talk to a coworker and say things that make that coworker so un- uncomfortable that they ask to be moved so they don't have to sit next to you right. to do it repeatedly that's a different thing that's harassment yes Yes. Yeah. Now, I think that that um, somebody has to tell him that, given the opportunity to correct the behavior, um, yeah. and if and I don't know whether that's been done. It didn't seem like that. That it's like they allow it, allow it, allow it. Now, okay, you need to resign. So yeah. you know the 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 and I and I got to be honest with you. I, um, you know, we've gotten this this idea that that political bodies can kick kick out their elected members if we don't like what they say and do i think that's up to the voters to do i really yeah. do you can send i do them too 
unless they do commit treason or something. But, you know, I, I, um, I you don't disenfranchise your voters because the person you don't like the person that they picked. Now, right. Yeah. Is, that, has the bar dropped so low that, yeah, if you offend somebody's sensibilities, you're now no longer allowed to represent the people who elected you. That doesn't yeah. seem right. No. Well, and the, and it, and it's not your decision to make. It's the voters of whatever state you're from. You know, right. this guy was from the Dakotas. Yeah. I don't remember where he's from. Yeah. Um, well, and it's it's a state legislature. So it would be from whatever yes. area within the state that that region yes. that he was voted in by, to. Yeah. Right. Now, the body that he's in can censure him and they can, you know, make it really clear that they think that his behavior is abhorrent. And then it's up to the voters then to take that information and do whatever it is that they want to do. I mean, short yeah. of criminal criminal activity, um, you know, I I, um, I I don't I don't like I don't like this uh, elect I don't I don't I don't like disenfranchising voters. Yeah. Well, um, the uh, let's see, House Majority Leader um, Chet Pollard, Chet, who names their kid Chet, uh, should be. Probably says, uh, yeah, that's probably right. He says, uh, should he refuse to resign, the legislature will weigh all the information and options, including expulsion. We want to make clear that this behavior will not be accepted at the legislature. Um, You know, I don't know. So, again, it does. They don't say specifically if had there been an investigation and had he been talked to and told, you know, cut it out or or whether uh, they just, you know, like you said, let it go, let it go, let it go and then exploded on him. Uh, and said, you know, okay, we're going to go nuclear, which, quite frankly, wouldn't surprise me if that was the way they handled it either, because it sounds like they were pretty much ignoring it as after she complained um, several times up to this point, which, unfortunately, is often how these kinds of things are handled in in office yeah. offices that are not well managed or run. You know, I mean, I've been in workplace environments where where these kinds of things were not particularly well handled. I've been in places where they've been handled extremely well, where immediately somebody has talked to and said, here's how this is going to go. Uh, you're getting a warning now. Um, you know, next time there'll be a warning and, and there'll be some additional consequences. And the third time uh, we'll, we'll be showing you the door. Do you understand? You know, you've got to change your behavior and realize that now you're under a microscope. So the s- smallest right. infractions this may be considered another strike so you need to be very very careful about how you behave within this space and around people who have particularly around people who have uh you know lodged these complaints uh you know and so you know you 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 nip it right in the bud you just say you know here's the ladder of of progressive um uh steps that we will take and and here's the end of that ladder and here's the things that you need to not do (laughs) are are you do you understand your rights as they have been you know, yes. You feel yes. like you Mirandize them almost, but that's kind of what it is. Um, yes. Yes. You know, and, you and know, that way it, it's... in the workplace, there's a there's a power dynamic that doesn't just that doesn't exist out in just regular public. Right. Certainly. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this know. case, they were both elected officials of the same <laughs> level. But but uh, you never know who had like authority on different committees and things like that, too. So. Right. You know, you know, it, within the within legislatures, your authority even though you're just another elected official, one, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're sometimes greater among e- equals, right? Like the, the, the house leaders, like the, I mentioned uh, right. Chet Pollard there, you know, he's a house majority leader. Well, they have, you know, the ability to appoint people to, 
to different committees and uh, and that can largely increase or decrease your uh, you know the the um, power that you wield within that that body yes so yeah you know there's and, some and choice spots for like whatever ones reason that she didn't finances. feel that she could tell the guy dude you're creeping me out knock it off yeah well and she may have and and he didn't so then she went further and reported it and yeah. you know and their response was well we'll help you move your desk which is yeah. not the right response no, you know it's not. so it's, it's really uh, not yeah. So it's, you know, and, and apparently, you know, there was also, I mean, they didn't mention anybody else by name, but they alluded that there were, you know, there were others that had said something as well. So apparently she's not the only one who's complained about the guy. So, and, and some of those people were probably staffers and that's why they're not named because they they are certainly in a less powerful, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, according to a, uh, by 2019, according to a report, he was only allowed to speak with male administrative staff unless female me- members consented to speak with him. <laughs> so he was so bad that he had to ask permission to talk to women. Oh, Holy moly. Okay. Rex. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I just, I missed that sentence. And now I see that and I go like, okay, that speaks volumes. So this is something they've known about for a while that more than one person has known about. This guy Ew. is just a turd of a human being. He's all smarmy. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, at the very least, they need to censure the guy. Like you said, though, I still think that, that removing him from office is the, the voter's job, but they certainly should be, you know, politicizing this and saying, look, do you guys want this representing you? Really? Is that yeah. what you want? Run somebody else. Anybody else. <laughs> Please. Yeah. This guy's a creep. You know? You know, or, or maybe his voters should should uh, mount a recall effort. Um, I don't know how long they're voted in there in uh, North Dakota and uh, what, you know, each state has their own process for doing recalls and things like that. So um, and when he's when his term is up. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't all those details aren't there. But, uh, yeah, he sounds like a real creeper. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that one sentence changed my my entire outlook. You know, not like I said, not that I was you know trying to defend the guy in any way, shape, or form, but I was yeah, playing devil's advocate there leak. for a while. That's what you uh, leak to the press, and that's what goes in commercials against him. And yeah. you know, make every woman who could vote or not vote for him feel as creeped out as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would think that anybody running against him is pretty much a shoe in if they make you know just the slightest effort. To right. Different. Yeah. How am I different than him? Well, I'm allowed to talk to women around me without asking permission first. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Besides well, that, we disagree on a few actual like actual, um, you know, legislative ideas. But uh, but primarily it's just I'm allowed to talk to women. Uh, what is his name? <laughs> The guy who, who we were talking about, um, yes. Luke Simons or Simmons. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. Okay. Lucas? Luke. Luke. He's lecherous Luke. That's it. Yeah. We're going to put him in go. the Trump playbook. He's lecherous Luke. Yeah, yeah. He just Give him a nickname. <laughs> lecherous Luke or Sicko Simons. <laughs> I like the... Uh, I like the alliteration there, both of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, boy. 
So we need to expect better behavior from our politicians. People think when they get into power that they're untouchable. They're not. Yeah. They forget who they work for. They do. That's that's just it. Some of them forget who they work for. And look what's happening to um, Andrew Cuomo right now. We talked about him a bit yesterday. Yeah. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, he's been just he's just been awful you know um, yeah. and his reputation has been awful and it's finally catching up to him which is sounds like it's good and it needed to happen yeah yep so. yep I, you know it's 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 just his behavior catching up and good yeah exactly so <laughs> this is awesome a contractor was doing a restoration on an old house and underneath the floorboards, as he was pulling up floorboards, he found that that somebody uh, uh, was in for he was in for a treat because there was a message and a bottle of whiskey hidden beneath the floor, and uh, and uh, it's it said Jack and May lived here, three kids and a dog. Kitchen done up during the April and May of two thousand and one. Uh, it he read the, the note was scribbled on the linoleum. All the best. Have a drink on us. Was included. In, in in the little nook where the bottle was, and it was a uh, bottle of uh, Glen Kinchy whiskey. Figuring that somebody was someday going to come and restore the house, and they would find this bottle in there, and so we just wished them well. Well, and as a whiskey drinker, you're you're thinking, wow, that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, well, that was nice. You know, it's just you know, it's I I love some of those um, renovation things when they pull out like. Um, you know, it's fun when they pull out like an old newspaper and you see what was going on when the house was built or something. Because sometimes in some of the old houses, they would actually use uh, crumpled up newspaper as insulation in the walls and just stuff it there, you know. Um, but uh, it was also nice when you could find like a note from somebody. You know, sometimes there was you'd pull down some some, you know, drywall or, or plaster and behind it, there would be a note from somebody written on the on the boards themselves or, or stashed in there from somebody who had worked on the home, uh, you know from years ago and sometimes it's you know 100 years ago in some homes uh and this is in scotland so it very easily could have been hundreds of years this was just 2001 which isn't that long ago but uh 20 years but but still you know it's 20 years ago they did a renovation somebody's coming in and and renovating again and saying 20 years later let's let's modernize and spice it up you know it's a nice little surprise under there from somebody who did it once before people who used to own the house and just said hey you know uh, all the best to you. Hope you enjoy the house as much as we did. You know, we, we lived here with our three kids and a dog. You know, we our, so, li- our life was centered on this kitchen. You know, have have a drink on us. So have you heard of the whiskey brand that they used? Um, I've heard of Glen Kinchy. I've never had any. So um, I have uh, a list of, you know, you can go to Wikipedia and, and find a list of all the different, uh, there's like 200 and something um, uh whiskey brewers in uh or, or uh, in scotland distillers yeah so you can get you know there's there's like 200 or so distilleries and uh my secret little goal that's not even that secret i guess but it's i would like to over the years somewhere have tried you know a sip from every one of them um and so when i get the opportunity um, I, you know, it's like you, you say I'm a whiskey drinker. It's not like I have a glass of whiskey every day. I, I enjoy whiskey, but it's it's or I enjoy scotch, actually. And so, um, you know, it's just a hobby. And uh, but I, you know, I, I will try to not just go buy the, the big name brands. I, I, I will try to buy something different each time so I can check another one off the list. Um, you know, 
And so for those of, for those who are not aware, what is the difference between scotch and whiskey? So scotch is a type of whiskey, but it is made in Scotland. And specifically, I like uh, what's called a single malt scotch, which means that it's made from a single brewer and a, uh, a single batch uh, through the distillery. It is not blended to get a standardized flavor profile. So um, a, uh, much like a, uh, a varietal wine is different than a, a blended table wine, um, there are years and batches that are considered superior to others. And, uh, and so I like that, that sort of uniqueness of each one, and each, each, each distillery has its own sort of flavor profile. And, uh, and you know, I just decided I, something I wanted to try a few years ago. And I was like, yeah, that's not bad. So, uh, so then I tried a different bottle. And, you know, when, when that one eventually ran out, I went and said, well, let's get something different than that. So, so I'm just kind of working my way slowly through it. It'll probably take me the rest of my life and probably will never have tasted all of them. But I just thought it'd be fun to do. And so I'm kind of, you know keeping that in mind as I, as I taste my scotch over the years. Um, someday, hopefully I'll get to go visit Scotland and, uh, get to go visit a few of the places that it's made. Cause I think Scotland looks beautiful, um, in the video and photos that I've seen. If we're ever There's allowed that, to uh, travel again. Yeah. Yeah. Someday. Um, in the meantime, I was watching, uh, men in kilts. Have you watched that? I watched the first episode and, and enjoyed I- it. Yeah, I found it to be a lot of fun. It's two of the guys from uh, the show that you and, and uh, Elaine like to watch, uh, Outlander. And they're both Scottish men. And uh, um, they actually do wear kilts in part of it. And it's them traveling through their homeland, basically. It's them traveling through Scotland, uh, you know, trying out some scotch and trying out, uh, you know, some of the Scottish games where they throw giant logs and poles and picking up big stones and rocks. And, you know, you make your sports around what you got, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it's just them sort of introducing the world to, to Scotland and different parts of it. And so they, they started in one area and then they're going to kind of travel around Scotland as they go. So, so it's Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish. Thank you. Cause I didn't remember their names. So, um, uh, but they, they're both, uh, interesting guys and, um, Sam is the younger of the two. Right. And so he's yes. what, like late 20s early 30s something probably 30 something actually i think he's mid 30s is he okay yeah well he looks good he's an actor he's supposed to look good and then um uh mr mctavish is a bit older and he's a bit uh more uh follically challenged and uh but they both have yeah but but they both have a great sense of humor and they play off of each other really well you can tell that they're they're you know they're they're friends they're mates and they uh and they're having a good time and uh, and I think that was the whole idea of this this little travel around the countryside was, you know, I'll do it, but only if I have a good time. And so they make it sure they have a good time. And so they're eating some, you know, really good food and not just uh, not just some haggis. You know, I mean, there there's some, uh, you know, Michelin starred chefs in Scotland, as there are other places. And so they're trying out, uh, you know, good food, good drink, beautiful countryside, you know, lovely people. And uh, and so it's just sort of like a a video tour of the country with with two buddies is kind of how it's set up. And it's it's fun to watch. I've enjoyed uh, that, which I have seen. I think they've got two or three episodes out now. So, yes. And as soon as this monster grant is finished, I am going to uh, probably binge it Um, (laughs) because uh, I haven't had time to watch. 
one more week, right? You're at you. It's it's due by the end no, of the week, I, right? I, I so. got to wrap it up today. Oh my gosh! Uh, okay, well, today, good. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, we set our not good because I'm sure tomorrow. you're stressing and trying to get everything done, but but good. Yeah, get it done. Yep. My goodness. And I am member. I'm a member of a whole team. I, I'm not writing this on my own. I'm a mm-hmm. member of a whole team. And, you know, one particular member of the team who has written many, many federal grants is, has written a whole lot more than I have. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm doing a lot of research and writing as well. So, you know, I uh, I don't want to. It's a team effort. Like it's, People it's all, all over the county are stressing not. out. <laughs> but the exactly. thing is, is this is this is a, 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 a huge grant dollar wise and it would have a big impact on the community in lots of different ways. And so that's why there's different agencies and different people involved in, in putting together the, the grant request, because um, um, it's it's not just, you know, for your program. It's going to make a big, big impact in lots of different ways. Yeah, it's 30 million dollars. And I think there are like 30 partners. So yeah. um, there are there are. Uh, lots of organizations who are part of this um, yeah. and God willing we'll get funded and but it's it is super competitive it's it's probably the most competitive grant that I've ever written I've ever been a part of writing and um, uh, and so we'll see you know I don't yeah. I don't know what will happen so just a quick flashback to earlier we were talking about Dr. Seuss and how um, uh, President Biden failed to mention him during his Read Across America Day proclamation, somebody uncovered a, uh, a tweet by uh, Kamala Harris from 2017. Happy birthday, Dr. Seuss. The more you read, the more things you'll know. The more you learn, the more places you'll go. So she supports Dr. Seuss. Or at least, or at least she did in 2017. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, if we're going to hold people accountable, if we're going to hold people accountable for what they said in the past, then yeah, she supported him. So therefore, she obviously and there is nothing wrong with supporting him. There, there isn't. There is absolutely nothing wrong with supporting him. And you know, like I said, if you don't like some of the things that are in some of his books, don't buy those books. There's plenty to pick from, and apparently, some of them aren't even going to be available much longer. So, you know, well, and how many kids learned how to read because of those books? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and you know the 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 style of rhyme is is so cute that you know I mean everybody I think has memories of that and and if somebody has a memory of that that's that's sad because of some offensive thing that he said then I'm sorry for you um because there was a lot of of really you know cool funny stuff and silly looking uh uh illustrations and you know cat in the hat yes. was uh was a lot of fun. I remember reading Cat in the Hat in particular to my my girls. So, so you um, know, when they were little. stop trying to find the dark cloud in every silver lining. <laughs> well said. How about we end on that happy note and uh, you go finish <laughs> your writing and we'll uh, get on with our day and be back tomorrow. Sounds great. So thank you all for joining us today. Uh, this has been Back to the Brink and I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.